Welcome to the Market Beautifully Podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. I'm your host, Haley, and I can't wait to chat with you about what I have planned for today's episode. Welcome back. So glad we get to hang out this week. I always look forward to Mondays when I release a new episode because that means it's the start of a new week, which is exciting, and because I love hearing everyone's thoughts on each episode. Speaking of thoughts, if you haven't yet reviewed this podcast, I would absolutely love if you did that. Reviews help out podcasts so much, so if you would, please spend five minutes or less reviewing this podcast super quick. If you end up reviewing, I thank you so, so, so much. I seriously appreciate it more than you will ever know. Okay, today I brought on Alina Forbes on the show because we talk about all these marketing strategies. But with these strategies, you are spending money on tools or having other expenses, and I want to make sure that all of us are prepared and organized when it comes to the financial side of our business. She really breaks everything down to where it's beyond easy. So let's go chat with her. Alina Forbes, welcome to the Market Beautifully podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me, Haley. I am super excited to be talking with you today. Yes. Okay, so tell us your background of business, how you got started, and just the journey you went on to get where you are at today. Yeah, so I would say I'm like a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I have been in business um, starting with like MLM, direct sales. Okay. Very, very young. I was like 18. I think as soon as I I could do it, I was doing business like that. Um, when I was 21, I started my very first franchise. Okay. Um, I absolutely hated it, so I sold it. Um, and if you know anything about franchises, they're super expensive to get started. So yeah. it was it was definitely, um, you know, one of the things that happens with franchises is it takes you so long to get the even the doors open, right, mm-hmm. in any brick-and-mortar business. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, it was good. It just wasn't in my wheelhouse. I didn't love it. Um, then I actually grew up in business. My family started franchising with um, Henry Block, okay. um, H&R Block. So basically after that, I went into having businesses within the tax arena. So that okay. was actually my wheelhouse. I've been doing taxes for 18 years. So And that's how I really got into the finances and coaching Um, people, it seemed like what was happening is people were coming and getting their taxes done, but they didn't, they weren't really having any financial education or they were doing things that were just like too late and they weren't really, um, understanding all of these things. So that's kind of how I got into that, the coaching of the finances and money coaching in general. So I do a mix of both business and money coaching because I love business. Business has been my wheelhouse for such a, you know, since I've been super young and I love it. Um, I love what business can do. Um, you get to, you know, own your time and everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's not easy, but it's so like, you know, it's not easy. It's not like, you know, if everybody could have a million dollar business, then, you know, then it, it just doesn't right. work that way. Right. So yeah. it just takes a lot of um, time and effort to get to that place. But then once you do, like you can do it again. Oh, and yeah. so okay. and you continue to grow. So I love business because of the the time freedom that it gives you. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I've been a single mom since 19. So business is one of the things that I've always used to be able to have more time with my son. So that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I work 15 hours any day. I I love it. It's so fantastic when you love what you do. When you wake up and you're not just completely miserable. <laughs> right. Yeah, so there's like days when business is really hard and yes. then there's days when it's absolutely fantastic and mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is really pushing through the days or push, pushing through when you're not creating that cash flow mm-hmm. and you may be negative. Um, mm-hmm. Pushing through those days because there are brighter days there and you have to really go through that mm-hmm. to get to the other side. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it. today we're talking about finances, right? Yes, and I'm really excited because I know this topic can be an overwhelming one and a Mm -hmm. lot of people like what they do. It's fun what they do, like, you know, photography or they're running a boutique or, you know, they're doing all of these awesome things. But then when it comes to money and managing money, they may not have enough money to hire an accountant um, and they need to be able, they feel like they need to be able to handle it themselves so that they have a better grasp on what's coming in and out of their business. So I'm really glad I'm bringing you on today because this is going to be so helpful and I know you have so much wisdom in this area. Yeah, so I love talking about finances because I believe it's the structure Mm -hmm. and basically the foundation for you to be able to scale your business. I think having... When the like the landscape has, of business has changed. It's so simple to be able to put up a website mm-hmm. and to grow a business and get clients and do all these things. And the thing that's happening is that you don't really have to have a lot of skill to be able to do that. Mm-mm. So it's great because business is more accessible. But at the same time, I see a lot of businesses that aren't being run like a business should. Right, and right really you could get into quite a bit of trouble as you're growing and scaling your business. So I love talking about this, especially for new and, you know, semi-new entrepreneurs that even have clients. Um, you may have gotten a big tax bill. Um, and it's it's great to be able to talk in this stage of business so that you build that big foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with basic accounting. Um, let's go through some number of steps that, you know, just basic accounting skills. I know that a lot of people, they don't even have their bank accounts separated at this point. So let's just go through some just basic things that we all need to make sure that we're doing to have, you know, our just really good foundation set in place. Yeah. So like you mentioned, having a separate bank account for your business, the reason this is so important is because if you're ever audited with your business, um, like for tax, then they're going to ask you if your bank account is separate. And the reason they do that is because they want to make sure that you're running your business like a business. So you should be using a debit, a credit card specifically for your business expenses, and it is separate from your personal. And it's just a great way to keep things much more organized so you know what expenses really are for business and what aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know, a lot of cool things you can do and write off with your business. That's why, you know, I think business for taxes and cash flow and all that 
is like business is your best way to, to write off deductions, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it in a right way. Like say for instance, we were at a coffee shop and we were doing this at a coffee shop. We can write off our coffee, but we also need to make sure that we're being responsible and we're purchasing from our business credit card. And then we're writing on the receipt, you know, Hey, I met with Haley today to do her podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is, this is what we were doing and this is how it increases our business and stuff like that. So I think it's just really super important to make sure that that's, that you're being responsible with your expenses. And the best thing is that when you're responsible, you get more deductions. So that's the biggest thing is that you want to, taxes are a big deal and people don't really think that they're a big deal, especially when people are have a job and they're building this business on the side, which is a lot of people because you have to be able to fund your business. So there's only two ways to fund a business, right? Like you get a loan or you use the income that you're making to fund your business. So the best thing that you can do in this time is actually have a business loss. And the way you get to do that is to make sure that you're keeping track of all your expenses. Now, I mean, I don't want to say that everybody wants to have this business loss. If you don't have a loss, great. You don't have a loss. Yeah, for your first few years, if you don't have a loss, that's absolutely great. But what what I often see is that people are not taking the time to get all the deductions that they can possibly get. Okay. Setting up their office, their home office correctly. Um, so that you're able to, if you own your home, you're able to deduct part of your mortgage, your electricity, water, everything. So you want to make sure your office is set up correctly and you're taking those deductions. Um, that's a great deduction for people that are just getting started. So, you know, you get to write off, say you have a hundred square feet of just say 2000 square feet. Mm-hmm. You get to write off the expenses for that hundred square feet, which is absolutely a great expense to be able to write off. You can't do that anywhere but business. Do you know what I'm saying? So take advantage of having the business that you're growing, even if it is on the side. So I kind of veered off. So going back to that, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) making sure that you have everything separated is really important, not just for the IRS, but for you, for Mm -hmm. you to be able to keep track of really great records. And then if you don't have a bookkeeper, the bookkeeper is the most important. So you can find a bookkeeper for probably $10, $15 an hour um, or like a, about 100 bucks a month. If you don't have a bookkeeper, then you get to be doing that work, right? right. So you get to be weekly um, at, the, at the, like to go the furthest, I would say monthly. Don't go more than monthly um, by keeping track of your expenses. So I would use, um, an online program. I'm blanking right now, but like, um, QuickBooks, QuickBooks, um, um, yeah, QuickBooks or Quicken are probably your best options. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the prices on those right now. It's been so long since I recommend those because we do bookkeeping, but, um, or I have a division that does bookkeeping, but if you're doing it yourself, then you Mm -hmm. really want to you're just making sure all of your income is in there. It's listed. Every client that you get, say you, you get $500 from this client and then another $500 from this client every month. That's all listed. And then every single expense from the online expenses to the offline expenses. And to make it really simply for yourself, to be honest, the IRS is kind of what I call still old school. 
So I still print out all of my receipts. There are people, you know, like younger generations that definitely you can put them in folders in your um, email inbox um, and you can scan them in and you can do it like that as well. But I just print everything out and I still put them in folders. So it's kind of an old school way. And the reason I do that is because if you're ever in an audit, the IRS is going to actually ask you to print out all of those receipts. So if you just have them printed out already and all of your restaurant receipts, mm-hmm. every travel, whatever is just in folders, um, then when you go to get your taxes done, especially if you're doing your own QuickBooks, then you should be able to pull a profit and loss statement every single month. Right, right. So that's one of the things that I see that um, entrepreneurs kind of aren't doing. And here's what happens. So I'll give you a really quick example of a client where at the end of the year, what she was doing is she was just putting everything into her books. Well, that's great and all. She got her printout for her tax return. But the problem is that she didn't know month to month if she was making a profit. So she actually spent like $16,000 more than than she... made. Do you know what I'm saying? So she had a loss of $16,000. Well, she thought in her mind that she was actually making income this year. So that's a huge swing. Just not just because she wasn't actually because things just come up and you're like, yeah, I'll pay for that. Or I'll pay for this next coaching call or I'll pay for this program. And if you're not careful, if you're not tracking, you can be $16,000 under. And so now we have her set up where she has a profit and loss every single month and she's, right. she pulls it or asks for it. Or if you're doing it yourself, just looking at it every single month and say, like, what was my return on investment? If I invested in Facebook ads, did I make money from them? Mm-hmm. Is my funnel working? Right. You know? Right. Like, is my funnel converting? Is it making money? If not, where do I need to tweak it? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that um, we talked about, like um, having shiny object syndrome, Mm -hmm. you know, because you just uh, an interview for me and we were talking about shiny object syndrome and veering off. And one of the things that I think that the numbers can really help you with is making sure that you are staying committed to a project until you get your return on investment. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so so when we take it back to what you do and creating these funnels and these, you know, all the way through until you make a sale, mm-hmm. it's like if you know that there's um you're converting at one part in the funnel at 20% and one at 30%, it's like you, can you bring those up right. so that you're making more of a return? And right. so I think the numbers always tell that story. But it's knowing how to look at them, knowing how to look at your profit and loss. And, you know, to put a profit and loss very simply, it's not this complicated thing. It's just your income that you brought in and the expenses that you're paying out. And is there a profit? Is there a loss? And looking at, you know, what's needed, especially when you're starting out, do I need all of these things that people are recommending? Um, And so I think that's where people are getting into those losses even more substantially than they need to. Mm -hmm. So if you're not, I think the best thing right now is if you're not keeping track of this 
information. Or if you have a bookkeeper and you're not pulling a monthly summary or a profit and loss, then you should be pulling every single month so you know where you're at. Oh, yeah, for sure. Profit and loss statements are really such a game changer because you're able to actually look at your numbers. And if you use a system like I use Dubsado, which actually is a client management software, it's not really a bookkeeping software, but it has a bookkeeping aspect to it, like a section that's specifically for bookkeeping. So I really like it because I'm able to have look at my pretty charts, you know, it's numbers, they don't scare me, but it's not the most fun aspect of running a business, you know? And so being able to look at pretty charts and going, okay, well, I'm getting a lot of money from web design or blog design or Pinterest management or SEO management. I'm able to see how my services are doing each month, where I'm making my most money. And then I'm also able to look at my affiliate income versus my sales funnel income. I have my incomes all broken down into different categories and then you're able to analyze not only your business, but able to have those statements so you can analyze your income and expense, just overall bigger picture. And as a business owner, if like you were talking about, Elena, you need to scale. And if you're going to be set up to scale, you have to know your numbers. Right. Yeah. So I've never heard of the program that you're talking about. So I would love to like check it out. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So even if you have a bookkeeper or you don't have a bookkeeper, making sure that your bookkeeper knows to separate all of the thing, all of the ways mm -hmm. that you make income. So it's mm -hmm. not just income because then you can't get a really clear picture on where is all your income coming from. You want to separate all of those out. Like you said, like web design, um, Pinterest and all those things that you actually do so that you know where to focus more of your attention. Right. And maybe you can make more money if you would focus more on like Pinterest or something. Right, right. So, so really understanding that and, and separating out your income is super important, especially as you scale, because you could see where it is important for you to focus. And as you grow, you're not going to be able to do everything. Do you know what I'm saying? So you have to For use, sure. you know, be in your highest space, how, how, you know, where you make your most money and be right. working on those. So like really separating that out and especially in the first th three years, it's really important to know where mm -hmm. everything comes from, comes from and well, even beyond, but so that you know where mm -hmm. to focus and where you're making your most money or even what funnels making you the most right. money. Right. Yeah. I mean, connecting this to marketing and also hiring. I mean, I know what funnel and what type of client is making me the most money. So I recently hired someone specifically for those jobs so that I can end up making more money and scale. And you know, I know that because I know my numbers. If I didn't know my numbers, if I didn't do my profit and loss statements, you know, I would never really get a hold of that or be able to know who to hire and for what. And so it's important to be smart and strategic and really take these this financial side of your business seriously even if you do dread it at the beginning of every month you just need to get your cute booty in the chair and make it fun and have like gelato or ice cream in front of you and do it while yep. you're eating ice cream <laughs> yep I say wine and finances yeah. you know some the Friday night date however you want to do it make it fun for yourself and I love that you mentioned that you hired somebody because one of the things um, that will keep you from scaling in your business is actually hiring somebody. And so when you hire somebody, it could feel like a stretch, like like right. this is very uncomfortable or whatever. But because you know your numbers and where your money's coming from, 
the person that you hire is going to actually make you more money. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're not going to actually cost you money. And so that's when you know you need to scale is if this person can make you more money, then you should hire. Exactly. So that's a great way. And knowing your numbers is a great way to be able to look and say, okay, at this point, if I was able to just focus on this and I hired this out, then my business would be able to scale. Exactly. Yeah. So awesome. That's yeah. perfect. Great example. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so we talked a little bit about organizing our money for tax season, and you talked about printing. I like your idea of having a specific folder in your email inbox. I think that's fantastic. Are there any other kind of organizational tips that you have for preparing ourselves for tax season? So when I go through every single month or every week, however you want to do it, and you're putting everything into, we're just going to call it QuickBooks, right? Okay, yeah. So you're so say, for instance, you have a whole list of stack of receipts mm -hmm. for the month. You're putting them all in. So w once I get them all put in, they're cr you categorize them in QuickBooks. So that category is actually, cre I create a folder with that category. Mm -hmm. And then that receipt goes within that foldered category. So I may have 10, 15 folders and all the receipts are actually in each and every one of those folders. So you could do this, in essence, you could do the same thing with putting them in folders on your computer, or however you want to do it. Um, you just want to make sure that they are there and they're categorized by how you're doing it in your QuickBooks. And the thing is, I so I would also recommend when you're printing all these things out, they should be in a safe place, um, mm -hmm. a safe, a safe, a fireproof safe in general would be great because, you know, it would, when you're, if you're ever audited, which I would say a lot of small businesses are audited at some point, um, you don't want to show up with nothing and say, okay, I was in a fire or all of these things and you have nothing. So that's like the worst thing. Um, online is great as long as it's somewhere that you feel like, you know, at one point I had to, my whole computer got wiped out from a virus. Oh Do you know goodness. what I'm saying? So yeah, if I, yeah, if I had all of those in specific folders just on my computer, that probably would not be the best way to see, save no. these documents. No. So you just need to, I mean, obviously cloud-based or something like that nowadays is going to be the best way to keep that. Yeah, but for sure. I mean, I, like I said, I still go old school. I like to have all my folders because when the IRS comes calling, they want every receipt printed out, added up with ticker tape. So ticker tape is the old school calculator with the oh, tape wow. that comes out, right? And you attach that to all of these documents and you take them all in. So no, thank you. <laughs> so. That's why I just print them out originally. I've yeah. been audited three times and I'm not going to get, and I'm, I want to be prepared. Right. So, so yes. And I've won every single one of my audits and I believe it's just from having really great organization. So yeah. That's amazing. You don't, yeah. You don't ever want to not be organized when you show up to the IRS and I would never recommend that you actually do your own audit. Um, always hire somebody to okay. do your own audit. Yeah. So that's what I recommend for income expenses. Just make sure that you're keeping track of all of it. Yeah. 
Okay, I like that. Um, we talked about setting up a monthly uh, profit and loss statement. So mm-hmm. how would we go about setting that up from the very start? Like, what do you recommend? What tools should we be using? You know, all of that from the very beginning. So QuickBooks, very simply get QuickBooks. Um, they have an online program now. Mm-hmm. And basically what you would do, like I said before, a profit and loss is very simple. What what makes it complicated is the fact that people don't do them. You know, they're not inputting every single item that, I mean, it comes down to every single item, like five, your $5 Starbucks. If we were to do this at Starbucks, like it's literally saying, yes, can you please give me the receipt writing on it, making sure that it's put into your, your accounting system. And then it's put in your folder. So then at the end of the month, the program, you can, you can, I, you know, I don't know exactly what it would be called because I don't have the program sitting in front of me, but you should be able to click on profit and loss and it will pull it up and you can print it out. And then you can really just examine it and just look at, okay, where's my money coming from and really look at it and sit and ask yourself questions. Like, is this expense needed? Like we were talking about earlier is that I have like three or four online programs Mm -hmm. and you were saying, okay, well, we can get rid of all those and just use one. Well, right. I mean, it doesn't seem like $200 may not seem like a lot, but it adds up. It does. You know what I'm sure. saying? So it's, so it's something like you want to be looking at these expenses as a business owner. And yeah. if you're not, if you don't need a program or this program is no longer serving you, then get rid of it. And right. so when you're looking at your profit and loss, you want to be proactive asking yourself, is this serving my business? Just as if you were looking at your personal finances, you know, is this, you know, Louis Vuitton purse, is it serving my (laughs) ultimate goal of where I want to get to? Right. Right. Is it something that I want to, you know, invest in? Do you know what I'm saying? Or my $5 Starbucks coffees every morning, is that leading me to my, where I want to go in my life? Or is it something that I can make coffee at home or whatever? So Mm -hmm. on a personal level, and the other thing is for a lot of people, that's how they are able to fund their business is by looking and scaling back their personal expenses to be able to invest in their business. Exactly. So getting really clear, like I track um, my personal finances on, it's free. So it's absolutely amazing because it's free and it tracks your net worth. It tracks like everything that you possibly could need at this point for personal. I mean, obviously you can put your business stuff in there, but you still need to be able to pull profit and losses and to have a whole, whole, um, like tax, like a a year end statement to give to your tax preparer. Right. So, um, yeah. And you know, personalcapital.com. It's free. Um, it's, it's great if you're not using a personal, like, tracking system for your expenses and your net worth um that's the one I recommend um okay good to know and I'll link that in the show notes at marketbeautifully.com slash podcast just look up this episode and you'll find it in the show notes yeah it's um it's a good one so yeah that's what I recommend for the profit and loss don't make it too complicated just get a program and start tracking or you get a bookkeeper and you ask them to pull your reports and and be asking yourself and proactively like what does this you know, the numbers are telling a story. So what is, what are these numbers this month telling me? And, and you'll be good. 
Right. And, you know, like we are talking about with the $200 a month, what you're spending. I mean, if, if let's say we could get that down to 80, well, that's, oh, that's almost $1,500 a year that you would save just by looking at those expenses and saying, okay, could we tweak this in a certain way that saves my business money? And it's worth it at that point. Like maybe from a business standpoint, you think, oh, that's only $100 a month, but that's $1,200 a year. Imagine putting $1,200 into Facebook ads towards your funnel. Well, now if you make 20% that, well, then there you go. So it's really important to look at that. And I mean, even though it may seem like a small amount every month, I just want to encourage everyone to really look at your expenses because even I look at my expenses sometimes and I go, okay, not necessary. I'm canceling it right now. I promise you, you will find money that you didn't even know you had. Um, and going back to the so monthly true. profit and loss statements, getting a good system like QuickBooks or like I'm using Deb Sato, um, who Becca Berg founded, and she was on the podcast, and she's amazing. But if you just get a system that you can make sure that all your income mm -hmm. and expenses are tracked, the system puts it out for you. So like what right. she's saying, you're not actually making it. You're just making sure that all the information is correct and the dates are correct. And then the system, it just pulls from the database. So it's really easy. You print it out and there you go. You can file it away or, you know, scan it as a PDF and there you go, file it digitally. So yeah. Yeah, super important. And yeah, $1,200 put into Facebook ads mm -hmm. that you can grow is a big deal, especially in the beginning. So just be really careful um, when you're when you when you say just you know like it's just this amount. Mm -hmm. Well, that just adds up. It you does. know what I'm saying? Twelve even or if you if you don't invest it in your business, you can invest twelve hundred dollars into like a Roth IRA and it's mm -hmm. or whatever whatever could you know would make a difference for you stocks whatever you're into real estate. Right then it does make a big difference because that is how you scale. That is how you scale your money. That's how you scale your business. Um, you know, and I, with every business that I've built, I've cut my personal expenses to be able to invest into my businesses. And that's how I bought my house. That's how I have rental property. And, you know, it just keeps getting bigger, right. but it's really looking at, okay, what do I not need right now so that I can save this amount to this next thing that I'm purchasing. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And I use all of this extra money to be able to purchase real estate or whatever it is to mm -hmm. ultimately grow my net worth. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's all, it, you know, and that's could be a little bit further ahead than what people are thinking, but it really does come down to like, what are your retirement goals? What, right. you know, where will you be? Where do you need to be? in the end. And so having those long-term goals, having all of that is super important as well. For sure. Yeah. So. I love that. Thinking about the bigger picture, think ahead, think long-term. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. So I'm going to transition out of monthly and profit and loss statements and go to just straight up numbers. I know numbers, okay. if we're looking at all of these numbers, it's a little crazy. It's a little intimidating. So what's our first step to clarifying the numbers that we're looking at? Um, I don't think it's not, I mean, I think once you get started, mm -hmm. right, once you get started and you have it printed out, and you can see very clearly, this is my income. This is, right. even if you're not doing it yourself, and these are my expenses, I don't think that it becomes, like, it's not like 
like foreign. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it doesn't have to be like this weird thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think where it gets weird is people, um, is when like, as long as you're doing it, then it, it does not, I don't think it's over anybody's head. Mm-hmm. I get, is that, do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So just picking and asking yourself questions is really the basic part of it. I think getting further into it is when you're getting into marketing and you're looking at your return and investment and um, really tracking is really where it gets a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Let's spend Um, some time on the return on investment. So mm -hmm. let's talk about those numbers. So your return on investment. So that's very simply like a lot of times. So let's take it as we're investing in Facebook ads. Right. Okay. That's perfect. And um, we're investing in Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And then we have the tripwire, which a lot yes. of people know is like seven to $25. Um, most people won't make money on that first tripwire. Like exactly. that, that money right there, you're not making any return on investment. And some funnels won't make money on. So they'll have almost, it's, I don't even know if it's called two tripwires, but they'll have. Um, a very low, then they'll have a medium, like 200 to 300, say, for instance, and then it leads into their higher end right. program, right? So what's really important to track is where are you breaking, breaking even right. within that funnel? Do you know what I'm saying? So that right. you know when you're, when you're getting a return on in investment. Mm-hmm. So by the end, sometimes funnels don't actually give you a return on investment. So where are you falling short and really understanding if you're not making a return on investment at the end, is it your sales skills once you're getting them on the phone? Is it that the tripwire isn't converting high enough? So at every stage, it's almost like um, what works really well is to be able to print out every stage of your funnel. Do you know what I'm saying? Or draw it out. You can yes. draw it on the whiteboard yes. or, you know, visually be able to see it. Put your percentages of conversions, but also are you creating that return on investment? So right. how much are you spending at this point and how much are you making? So for instance, the very first tripwire that you have, say say it's $7, um, you would want to track how much is it costing to get to the $7 and then how much are you making? That will give you a return on investment. You may not have any return on investment at that point. So then you're going to look at the next step. And so if you have this on a whiteboard or you're just a paper or however you want to do it, that's a really great and easy way to track your return on investment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, working with, um, working to be able to increase it. So what we see often is people when, something isn't working just kind of because they're not tracking the return on investment. They're not tracking the conversions. They will just say, okay, this, this funnel doesn't work and just scratch this whole funnel instead of looking at the actual numbers, looking at the conversions, looking at the return on investment and saying, where can this improve? Right. And changing up the copy, changing up, um, maybe, um, it could be as simple as changing the image to the free gift that you're creating. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why I think return on investment is so important. It's not just looking at the conversion percentage, which is super important, Mm -hmm. but also looking at where's the return right there and then further each step of your funnel. Yeah. So So, 
like you said, map it out. I like the drawing it out, visually seeing it. My desk, I'm able to write on it and I have an Expo marker right beside me. I map out all my funnels on my desk with Expo marker. I love that. And then at the traffic phase, you know, before you even get to your funnel, you're talking about traffic. So write down the number you spend on it. So, you know, with Facebook ads, you can do a lifetime budget and, you know, that's getting into Facebook ad tech stuff. But let's say you have a lifetime budget of $500, okay? So you're going to write that down as negative $500. Well, then you're getting to the tripwire phase after you get through your opt-in. And that tripwire is that low-cost, low-barrier offer, like what you said, $7 to $25. Typically, it's under $47, but $7 to $25, that's a really good range. I've even seen $3 tripwires perform really, really well, like a three-part video series for $3. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that, that works like gangbusters. It's awesome. So then your tripwire phase, that should be your break-even phase. So mm -hmm. if you're not making $500 on that tripwire phase, that's good information to know. So let's say you're testing this out over a 14-day period. You know, you've spent $500. Now after 14 days, see how much you've gained from the tripwire. And then from there, see how much you've gained on your high-end offer, your high-end photography session, your high-end coaching offer, your high-end course package, whatever it is you're really pushing right. or that digital product. So yeah, mapping it out, putting those numbers beside them as well as the conversion rates, that is, that's amazing. Just being able to visually see it and then optimize. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I think return on investment doesn't have to be complicated. Just mm -hmm. as you're tracking your conversion percentage, mm -hmm. you should be tracking your return on investment in every project. Like oh, say yeah. for instance, like right now I'm going to, I'm doing a summit, right? An interview summit. Right. Well, um, I'm not throwing ads at it because it's a JV partnership. I may throw ads at it, uh, but it, overall it's a JV partnership, you know, event, right? So everybody's p bringing people to the event, right? Um, just like a big party. If nobody's heard of a summit, you know, it's just a, like a really big online party. Yeah. We all get together, we teach and learn and everything like that. And so, the thing is, I still have spent money on this. So I still get to track that all the way through. And this may, I may be tracking for months to see yeah. where am I converting? Yep. Where, where did the, I make money? Did I break even on this project? Yep. And then I know, okay, well, I spent $2,000 on my VA and my pages or whatever it is, right. but I made this amount into my group program or whatever I'm selling. Yep. So it may be a tracking that goes quite extensively, but knowing that information is so highly important. And, um, and then I get to know, okay, did this project work? Should I do it again this year? Should I do it again right. next year? So you get to track that. And, um, so that's more of a long-term tracking, but you still get to track all of the expenses and know how much did this project cost me. So it's not just tracking your monthly expenses, but tracking your numbers on a project basis. Mm -hmm. Because you got to know, did this project convert for me? Did this funnel convert for me? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is this summit something that I'm going to do again? Right. So project-based tracking is really good for your return on investment as well. I, I love that. Okay. Well, I have loved all of this information. I feel like we have covered so much about marketing finances and just tax information and just overall financial organization, which is so key to any successful business. So I'm really glad you came on and talked about it. Um, where do people <laughs> hang out with you? Where are you at online? 
Yeah. So I think the best way to get a hold of me is just go to my website, elenajforbes.com. It's E-L-E-N-A, which could be confusing, and Forbes like the magazine. So um, you can find me there. And I think one of the biggest things is people like to just jump on the phone with me. So I have a link right there where you can book a 30-minute phone call. Nice. And that's the best way to ask any questions, get any help that you need. Um, like, where are you struggling? Where are you not struggling? And I have a ton of free gifts on my website. So you can always nice. check those out too. A lot of times, so if you're really new in business, um, one of the free gifts that I would recommend is, I don't even know the exact title, but it's save $1,000 on taxes. And I think it's super important for you to get to a basic understanding of how to save money on taxes within business. So mm-hmm. that book, it's an ebook. It's super simple. Um, and I, I list like real world examples and then that allows you to be able to, okay, look at it and be like, oh, I could do this or I'm not doing this on my taxes. This is, I could actually do this. Saving a thousand, two thousand dollars on your taxes is a big deal because it's year after year after right. year. So I love that. Well, we're going to link that ebook in the show notes too. So okay, yeah, cool. their website and the ebook will be in the show notes. So go check that out. Go grab her free gifts. And also, I want to mention that I am on her summit. So tell us about the summit. (laughs) Yeah. So this summit, I'm so excited about this summit. It's Yeah, it's amazing. So it's called Money in the Bank, Mm -hmm. How to Eliminate Debt, Reduce Your Taxes, and Cash Flow Your Business. So it's almost like everything we talked about. I mean, we did an interview together, and we talked Mm -hmm. all about monetizing and creating cash flow with funnels. Right. And that's so important. So that's just like a sneak peek. So we're really how this event came up is I was getting people that came up to me and they were all in business. Like they were like serious, like, but they didn't, they weren't keeping any of their money. So they were making great money, but they weren't keeping any of it. So it is great to make money in your business and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But if you're not keeping any of the money, like we talked about before, you cannot like reach those long-term goals. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So if it's retirement, if it's purchasing rental properties, which I highly recommend, then like, like if your business isn't keeping any of the money, you cannot scale to that level. Right. So that's what this whole event is about. It's about actually keeping money from your business. Like, um, obviously money in the bank is super catchy and I love it. But you don't want it to just be sitting there. You want to make your money work for you. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So it's an amazing event. I'm super excited to have you on. And I'm thrilled with the title. And all the speakers are absolutely amazing. So, yeah, you'll learn a lot from this. And this event is coming up? Um, July 10th is our start date. Yeah. Yep. But we're we're ramping up, getting ready right now. So um, the page will be up very soon. So we'll put that in the in the bottom as well. That right. will be. And yeah. So just go check out the show notes for the link and, uh, and I'll be posting it all on Instagram and in my Facebook group. If you're not in my Facebook group, go to marketbeautifully.com slash community and I'll be going live on Facebook to, you know, get people in the summit. Cause I know that there's going to be so many people that are going to benefit from this summit. I know this is a big pain point for entrepreneurs. So I'm really yeah, glad is. you're putting this on. Yes, thank you so much and thank you for joining me and thank you for having me today. It's been awesome. 